Now, from Grid Square Echo Mike 48, this is 100 Watts and a Wire. Okay. Hello, friends. It's Christian. My call sign is Kilo Zero Sierra Tango Hotel. Steve is here, W7 UDI. That's okay. Whiskey 7 United Delta India. Well, I didn't catch you doing anything indecent. No, no, no. Like just trying were... to uh, read the uh, the posts. Uh, my wife is in the uh, chat room and uh, kind of talking about her positive experience. Uh, oh, cool. Involved well, in the hobby and uh, being around it. Uh, she grew up. My my father in law um, was uh, very active uh, as an amateur. And um, in fact, uh, a little history here is sure. the. Uh, oh, I got to get out of the way somehow. Uh, but the uh, the S line, the equipment on the on the bottom is uh, his station from uh, from the early '60s, and uh, that was the uh, station that was used uh, uh, back in 1964 uh, to do foam patching for uh, when cool. the the Alaskan earthquake hit, and uh, it was just kind of they just got on the air and just started. Uh, passing traffic and uh, making you know people up in alaska from anchorage were um were uh you know trying to get the word out uh, that uh, that they were uh you know okay and made it through the earthquake and a lot of amateurs in the in the country stepped up and uh my uh my in-laws uh both my father-in-law and mother-in-law were uh active for many many you know many days i think three or four days if i remember the story right of just passing traffic, making phone patches, or just, you know, they get a message from somebody and then uh, make a phone call and uh, long distance phone calls to, you know, family members that were across the country and uh, just to let them know. So a lot of history kind of in my family here um, with the hobby. And uh, and who was it? Uh, someone just made a comment and uh, uh, the positive story, uh, was it Ray or <laughs> I apologize yeah, that you and I, you and I are, have been a positive uh, influence in uh, mentoring. There it is. There oh, it is. Thanks, Ray. There. <laughs> and look at Ray, Darth Vader. Darth Vader. Nice. <laughs> we appreciate that. We don't Thank know. You, you don't know. I think one of the great things about live streaming is you can actually have this interaction. You never really know until the people can be with you. And mm -hmm. I want to, be the show that will uh, bring you in, bring you in. We have some people down uh, in the guest uh, spot now, backstage green room that we could bring you up in and share some stories. Think about uh, things, people who have influenced you, helped you along, uh, a case where you went out there and radio has helped. You know, radio won the war, man. If we go back into, you know, the, we talk about oh. Congress, Congress can cease amateur radio. Uh, and they have. operations and they have they've done it during the war but also it was probably for the best it probably was complicated and difficult for hams in those time periods but you're talking about the wars but radio also saved the war uh in terms of the military and you can still see those radios at at like dayton now you see the kinds of radios that two gis may have carried heavy you know handles on the side and get the generals so they can get their comms up and signal cords all these things are positive there's a positive things i just want to share those and we forget about them until we see them at the uh inauguration when uh, the the cars are going down and there's 50 black armored vehicles with antennas and whips sticking up all over the place and you're like radio radio this one radio it's all great so we're sharing those stories. Uh, you're welcome to join us. If you have questions, there's a form I dropped in the chat. Please put your call sign anytime during mm -hmm. the remainder of the show, and uh, you'll qualify to uh, win the antenna that we're giving away. We only have two more of these. We're giving away one today and one next week, and then I'm cooking up something special. See, I, I consider myself a cook. I have to keep cooking, and sometimes the food tastes bad. Like <laughs> I put a little Old Bay on it, it tastes a little bit better. So, uh, oh yeah. But there you go. Um, so we have a few people here. I'm going to do Bring one more, one more drop in into the. Um, let me see. One more drop in to see if anybody else wants to join in. We have some limited space, but people can can kind of cycle through, and we'll keep an eye on the chat as well. Share your stories if you'd like to join us. The link is now in. Anybody that's down below want to come up and share a story about anybody who's been inspired. Uh, in amateur radio or, or radio in general, wave a hand at me. I'll bring you up. Anybody want to do it? 
Everybody's being shy. Okay, we got a couple. All right, look at this. Look at this. I'm on my best behavior, Pastor Joe. You got nice. Oh. <laughs> oh. He did that. He just, that's called, there's wow. things like called a Zoom bombing. Wow, he just Red does Sox that. bombed us. I'm going to pray for you, Pastor Joe. That's wrong. It's completely Pastor wrong. Joe, that's the work of the devil. And you were mad. That's the work of the devil. The devil. You, you got to get. Joe. Oh, my you should gosh. lower the lights. Let me lower the lights. We, we need to have a confessional here. This is something I, 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 I'm going to bring him back. Joe, what, what the <laughs> hell is Yeah, right. So on. for those of you who were scarred by life by getting dumped in high school, that's what it feels like. What just happened to me. Okay? <laughs> oh, Still oh. working it out, Christian. Thanks for bringing it I, back, buddy. I think there's a little, there's a little bit in you. It's going to be a, a work. It's a work in progress. If I can just we get you to like another team, maybe so, another team. Tell so me something were, good about a good side of radio. Yeah, yeah. And there are plenty. And um, I am so fortunate and blessed in New Jersey, in North New Jersey section, Hudson Division. Um, we have incredibly active uh, uh, two-meter repeaters here. And it really is a, uh, a ham fam or a hamily, however you want to call it. And um, we're really tight. You know, we actually get together socially. Um, we have attend, I've attended, you know, a couple of, uh, funerals of, uh, relatives of some of the operators around here. Um, and I want to call out one guy, uh, NJ5R, uh, Jeff, he lives up in Union, uh, Roselle Park, uh, about an hour from here. But Jeff was one of the first, uh, people I met on a, on a, uh, on a 10 o'clock traffic net, the United County's traffic net. And Jeff is one of those guys who is just so level, you know, even keeled, kind, supportive, you know, interested in what you're doing, uh, always wants to help people out. And, you know, I think that's the kind of person that you're talking about. Um, definitely he serves as an officer in his club, the Tri-County Radio Association. His wife is an EMT, you know, and she actually served doing MCOM uh, during 9-11. So, uh, and that's Kilo Yankee 2, Mike, 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 KY2MMM. And her name is Kim. Great call sign. And wow. uh, she's got some great stories to tell. But, you know, I was reading it. I think it was the January QST, the letter from the president or whatever, you know, that frontispiece. And he was talking about, you know, moving forward and how can we advance our hobby. And he mentioned a couple of things. And one thing that he talked about was, you know, when that person gets their tech license. Okay, what happens immediately after? Well, I can tell you what happened to me. Um, I got a phone call from a local operator welcoming me to the hobby. And, uh, and that still happens. Almost every new operator, I don't know how they do it, but they get a radiogram, you know, uh, uh, through the traffic nets, welcoming them to the hobby. And I think that's really good. So, it has been a very positive experience. You'll hear, like if I hear a new call that I haven't heard on a repeater locally, uh, I'll look it up. And a lot of times um, that call sign was issued last week. And so I make a point of getting on the air, welcoming them to the hobby. You know, I live in Freehold, which is nearby. If there's anything I can do for you, let me know. So uh, it, it's a very supportive environment around here. I, I know that in some areas, people say, ah, oh, the repeaters are dead around here. And um, I think population has something to do with that. Um, and there may be other dynamics, but um, things are very active and very positive around here. So, yeah, the hobby's Pastor, doing well. Pastor Joe, do you remember the first time that you kind of fell in love with radio and you were intrigued by it? What was it? Oh, yeah. Well, with the amateur radio, it's something I've been thinking about for a long time. And back in 1982, I got my my Grohl, my general operator's uh, license, because my intent was to run a radio board, believe it or not. I was a radio major my first year in college. That got me a job in television. And fast forward 30 some odd years, took a sample test for the tech license. And a lot of the material is the same. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, Steve, you've got your Grohl. You know, you may remember that hundred question uh, used to be second class and they turned it to general class. Right. And second, a lot of first class. There. And, mm -hmm. 
Yeah. And, 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 you know, they'd have these elaborate drawings of schematics and they'd say, what's wrong with this circuit? And it's like, well, there's 17 things wrong with this circuit, but you know, they only give you four choices. Um, but anyway, um, falling in love with amateur radio was, uh, when I fired up that Yezu FT 60 for the very first time in my living room and somebody came back and, um, it was KD2 HTZ Drake lives a couple towns up, talk to Drake all the time. And uh, nice. that was the magic, you know, when somebody came back and we had a conversation, that's, that's to me, that was the big thrill for me. This is a very social hobby as much as anything else. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I remember my father would, uh, sorry, Steve. Go ahead. No, no, go on, go on. My father would have a CB. He had a CB radio and he had some kind of strange quad antenna on the roof. Now I don't, I don't know enough about that CB radio, but he would key up the uh, D104 and the lights, lights would flicker and the neighbors <laughs> would bang on the walls and he would just look at me like, you know, he was, he was let him hate. I don't know what the problem was, but I remember the immediacy of someone coming back on the road that you yeah. couldn't see. You didn't dial a phone and he could have a conversation until they faded out. Mm -hmm. And it was it, and it was the seed. It led to all of this, but also 30 years of doing this kind of uh, work and I was just fascinated by it and and they had cool names he was the tin man because his his uh his job he was a sheet metal uh, mm. man he did heating and air conditioning so his on air was they called him the tin man and I just thought it was the coolest the coolest thing but it led me to a career behind th this kind of mic mm -hmm. wasn't until later that I said I'm gonna get my license and see how it all works yeah. because uh but that was the seed thank you for sharing that yeah uh, very good you know. Uh, we'll let you go here, 73 for now, and we'll catch up with you. Uh, let's see. Yeah, we've got a, we have a few minutes. Anybody want to come up real quick and share a quick story before we uh, head into some questions? Anybody want to come up? All right. Everybody's being shy. All right, Jeff. Come on up. Hey, Jeff. Hey, guys. Hey, Jeff. We're used to seeing you in the pre-show. <laughs> yep. You got that press on the big show. <laughs> Tell us about your, um, your well, romance with radio. Mine goes way back um, to a person I never even met. My great great grandfather on my father's side was a telegrapher for the radio for the uh, railroad, and then my grandfather worked during World War II on top secret radar, and he used to always tells me stories about that, changing out the tubes and everything else that he was working on then. But then my on my mother's side, my grandfather down on that side, he he never even went to high school but he used to go to the junkyard all the time and he'd get electronic bits and junk and take it apart and he was one of those guys that could do anything and i remember going down there one day and he sat me down with him you know room full of cigarette smoke because back in the <laughs> back in the day that's what they did they did and he flipped a switch on a board that was just sitting on the on the desk and he was listening to air traffic flying in and out he had turned the basement into a, a a radio to listen to the pilots flying in and out and that's kind of what hooked me on it and he used to build me things and i remember one time he built me a uh, a metal detector which was out of an old golf club and i actually used that years later to find my other grandfather's wedding ring that he had lost years ago nice it was the weirdest thing he had me he was a he also was in a um bees and he had some old hives, and he wanted me to dig a hole so he could bury them because something was wrong with the uh, with the frames, and he wanted to just get rid of them. Uh -huh. And I'm digging the hole, and I throw a shovel of dirt over my shoulder, and I see this glint out of the corner of my eye. I'm like, that wasn't regular dirt. <laughs> so I ran home, got my grandfather's golf club-handled um, metal detector that he built me out of a bunch of old transistors and went searching around, and I found the wedding ring. Wow. That, that is awesome. <laughs> So that's kind of how I got into it. Um, just sitting down there listening to him, playing around with stuff. He was always working on some electronic thing and turning something into a radio. Uh, but he was never a ham. But that's where I that's where I got got into. I've met it. a lot of um, engineers over the years who who are who know enough to be in in it, you know, and doing it. Yeah. But they, for whatever reason, never, you know, went after their license. They they get it, they appreciate it, but never did it. Yep. But they do it at, on the broadcast side, which is interesting. Yeah, I wanted to know how it all worked. And I still may never really figure it all out. But I had always been on this side, depending on guys mm -hmm. like Jeff, 
or other broadcast engineers who are knowing how to get these signals where they need to go. They got my voice out of a box, across the radio, <laughs> flame throwing it out there, you know, through Baltimore, mm-hmm. through Philadelphia, through uh, St. Louis, wherever it was going. And I would just say, wow, if if I had any regrets over the 30 years, it was that I didn't ask some questions of these broadcast engineer types back then because they were on another level. I mean, they were mm-hmm. just super smart. And it, and they always had an issue, but they fixed it. You know what I mean? Yeah. There was like they could always <laughs> figure out what was wrong. Oh, the issue was with the talent. <laughs> oh, drop you out of here. You better be careful. Yeah, well, no, that was their that was their issue. Their, <laughs> yeah, their issue was they had to get it up on the air, you know, and figure yeah, out how they how to get me out there. Mm-hmm. But you thanks know, for sharing talent. that. Yeah, no problem. Oh, that's great, Jeff. That's awesome. Appreciate so, that. You're welcome to come by and join us here. It's kind of, go ahead, Steve, go ahead and talk about it. I was just going to say, I'm going to invite people to come in and, and uh, share your story if you'd like to today. Yeah, no, it's, it is bringing back some stories. Uh, in fact, it was, uh, I was pretty young when I, uh, it was around, I don't know, I was still in elementary school and used to walk home by a, uh, um, this house and it had a tower and had a tri-band beam on it. And it's like, what the heck is that? And, just, you know, went by it every day, twice a day. And uh, one day, the uh, uh, the gentleman that uh, owned that house um, ended up, was in the backyard, and I just kind of went up to the fence, and I said, you know, excuse me, sir, but what is that? And yeah. he just then opened it up, and I was, he goes, well, come on over here, and, you know, and I'll show you. It's, you know, I talked about ham radio. What's ham radio? And then he took me inside and there was this Heathkit station. I think it was Heathkit and it was all laid out. And it was like, my eyes got big, <laughs> like, oh, wow, that is cool. And he just, and that was that little seed. Don't know the guy. I don't know who he was or what it was. It was just like one encounter. And that was it. My buddies and I were like, yeah, we got to get into that. And, uh, and it just, and then there was, we kind of were, you know, we had these little receivers that we would turn around and listen to the police. Uh, uh, this was before scanners. And we'd listen to the police uh, uh, traffic. And then and then I, I came across these guys just chatting. And it turned out to be a two-meter handband and uh, repeaters. And it was like, what's this? And that just, in, you know, just cemented it. And that was it. And that was in the, uh, in the 70s. And uh, here we go. And... Uh, the uh, Pastor Joe bringing up the, uh, you know, the Grawl and uh, the second class. When I took my second class license, which was the uh, the big test, it, it had a lot of tube theory, even though we were kind of into solid state and everything. But because I had my amateur license, which I got, you know, years before, knowing tube theory and stuff like that helped me pass my uh, second class, uh, phone license. And, uh, because there was still a lot of, uh, test questions that involved, uh, tubes uh, because the test wasn't uh, updated and because amateur tests were still had tubes in it. So it was, uh, it I kind of credit, uh, the hobby, you know, helping me get into my career that, uh, I've been in for the last 40 some odd years or close to 40 years. I believe it. I do too. I do too. Great story. We're going to take a break. We'll come back. Uh, We're going to get questions. If we have to go a little over, I want to hear these stories that you have. And we've got some friends gathered. If you want to drop a a story in on us, I'll come back at you in just a second. Give us a minute. We'll come back uh, and talk more after this. Did you know that Nuts and Volts has the highest readership of magazines specifically written for the electronics community? For over 40 years, Nuts and Volts magazine has been bringing microcontroller and electronics projects to hobbyists, engineers, technicians, and experimenters around the world. Every issue is full of the latest technology, electronics theory, analog circuit design, robotics, home automation, communications, and more. Join the Nuts and Volts community and become a member today. You get two years of the printed magazine and the online digital edition for only $49.95. You also receive full access to all web content with downloadable PDF files. Plus, the e-newsletter filled with popular projects from past issues. Go right now to NutsVolts.com to subscribe. 
That's two years of Nuts and Volts magazine printed on paper and delivered to your door for only $49.95. Go to NutsVolts.com today to subscribe. Nuts and Volts magazine. There's more to build with Nuts and Volts. And BioNO Power, offering the best performance lithium iron phosphate batteries for your ham radios. Visit BioNOPower.com. That's B I O E N N O P O W E R.com. Or contact dealers nationwide. Mm. <laughs> <clears throat> Baby. A little bit of Bailey's in there. All right, friends, we got some people joining us. Anybody have a story about the love of radio for the betterment of radio? Wave a hand at me. All right, Roger that. Here's an old friend. Check it out. Hey. What's up, Paul? How did how did you fall in love with this this beautiful it, thing we all love? It goes back to, to fourth grade. Uh, we moved down to southern Illinois outside there, and my fourth grade teacher was into electronics, and he had come from Michigan, so he had – been building heath kits since he was a kid and so he got me interested in in you know like a, one of these all in 50 in one electronic uh project things and started to get me involved in that and then uh convinced my folks to let me try building uh, some stuff so i built a heath kit transistor radio he showed me how to solder and all that and that got me interested in electronics and then uh, my next thing was the sw717 shortwave radio which got me involved and interested in listening to shortwave. And then I'd hear occasionally ham radio. And uh, that got me interested. And I kept seeing, when I was in high school, I kept seeing a, a car in the parking lot in the faculty staff area with ham plates. And I thought, well, that's interesting. So I, I asked around and my dad asked down at City Hall if anybody knew. And this was back when things were a little more casual. And they found out that this guy, it was his wife was at the high school and he was a ham and he actually lived down the road out towards our farm. So uh, dad made the introduction and uh, Steve, it was Steve Ramsey, K9SR, um, became my Elmer and he taught me, nice. taught me how to do it, uh, gave me my, it, he taught me Morse code and then uh, it was about time for my, because this is back when uh, novice exams could still be done by volunteers but you still had to go to the field office for anything about that mm -hmm. so he gave me it was just another night over at his shack to do practice and he was teaching me uh morse code so he said all right here's let's let's see how you're doing and so we went through another lesson and when it was all over he goes you just passed your test so he snuck it in on me so that there was no stress it was just another practice session he said no mm -hmm. you, that was your test you passed and uh, then he gave me the theory and I and I passed my novice. So and um, back then, now that was 77. And I belonged to the Marissa, Illinois Amateur Radio Club, which uh, I don't know if that still exists today. Um, I don't think so. Yeah, that was but that was uh, Hiles Club. They gave us Dr. Bob, though. He came. Back he when, went yeah, out. back when he still lived in Marissa and Hiles Sound was still there. And it was a huge club. God, we had like 100 and 200 some members. Maybe they and, just changed the name of it. I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Check. And uh, so club meetings were always big and there were always projects and things to do. And a lot of guys that knew a variety of things. So I grew up around adults um, who played with radio and did things. And, and that's what really got me interested in it. So it really all goes back to Mr. Wasman, my fourth grade teacher, getting me interested in electronics. And uh, one of the cool things that I like to talk about in relation to Newsline is um, the Marissa repeater, which I still remember is 14721, uh, would first started carrying Westlink report when it first came out because Bob had known Bill uh, Pasternak. And so I remember listening. This was back in the days when you had to dial up an auto patch and dial into the answering machine that played Newsline. And uh, I remember listening to the Westlink report every week on the repeater back there. And now it, it's, it kind of freaks me out a bit that now I get to be an anchor with what that had become. So, I mean, I've been listening to or somehow involved in some form of Newsline most of my life, and now I get to be part of it. So, Tell us about your first contact, and then I'll let you go. What, what did it feel like? We all seem to remember these sort of you know, And, and I, I feel kind of bad about it now. My very first contact was with my Elmer, um, who was like 
two and a half, three miles away, uh, it was just like ground wave on 40 meters um, CW. And I, at the time I was, I was thinking, oh man, I wish my first contact had been something, you know, farther away and cooler. And, but now I realize that, that it's fine the way that worked out. Um, mm -hmm. It's, uh, it, you know, it was the, it's the guy who taught me ham radio. So he was my first contact. And I remember my first station was a, uh, a Heathkit DX100B transmitter that I had bought. And I had borrowed a Knight R100 receiver from another local guy. And I built a TR switch and, and all that. So um, that, was, that was how I got started. Well, I, my, well, my first probably Elmer, my first contact was N2JZ. He helped me set up the antenna. He drove all the way back home 40 minutes later. I mean, everything looked disemboweled. It, it was just like, oh, man. He got back <laughs> home. He texted me or sent me an email. That's what it is. Old school. Sent me an email. Old school emailer. Right? No texting. And I, I got to the frequency, and I heard him calling me. And I remember, like, didn't really even understand if I was doing the exchange properly, like with the formatics of how you give your call sign. And he's a very simple man. He, he listened to uh, 100 Watts in a Wire in the first couple of weeks, thought it was boring, and I've never heard from him again. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it wasn't that dramatic. I checked in. He's talking. He's <laughs> talking's boring, you know. But he hangs out on AM with with Heil and, and the others. Um, but, yeah, he, he was the first contact, and I remember getting his card. And it was just so exciting. It was the first contact, the first card. And then I spent a long time listening, you know, just I listened yeah. to get the rhythm and the cadence and how people mm -hmm. call and how they make that exchange. But it's kind of, you'd never really forget it. It wasn't so sexy like yours. Yeah. It was, uh, you know, he's 40 minutes away and he's in state, but man, it still was when you hear your call signs come back to you. Yeah. That's, uh, a, that's the thing. Two, two quick anecdotes and then I'm done. Mm -hmm. um, in, during my, my first year as, as a novice, um, I had worked some stations somewhere and then like a week or so later here in the mail, it comes this envelope from the FCC. And I'm like, that's interesting. I wonder what that is. And I opened it up and it was from the monitoring station in Grand Island, Nebraska. Apparently I had been a couple KC out of the novice band oh. and they had heard. So I, I all freaked out. I'm like, oh my God, what's going to happen? So Steve um, said, well, what we'll do is we'll, we'll just double check your radios. I said, and then I'll, send something on there that say, you know, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm an extra, I'm his Elmer. I said, we, we recalibrated his radios and he's fine. And I send it back in and I never heard back. So it's like, um, <laughs> but then when it was time for, uh, to upgrade to general, there were three of us in the club that had been studying all about my age. And, uh, this was back when you had to go to the FCC field office to do the higher classes. And the closest one is Kansas city, Missouri. Um, and turned out that Bob had some um, Heil Sound business to do in Kansas City. So he said, I'll tell you what, you three guys hop in the van with me. Um, we'll, we'll leave early and I'll drop you off at the FCC. I'll go do my meetings and my stuff. You guys take your exams. And when you're done, I'll pick you up and we'll come back home. So of the three of us, I think two of us passed that day. And the third one needed to study a little bit more. But that's yeah that was i got my general we had to drive all the way you know into kansas city to do that so it's it's wonderful now that we get to have ves that you can do that locally yeah oh yeah thanks for sharing oh, that paul appreciate that you're welcome thank you paul you'll be good we'll catch I'll up try. with you again real soon that's cool right. okay and he that's just right down the street from here i mean marissa's not very far it's interesting mm -hmm. those uh the heil connection uh very nice i'm i'm I appreciate everybody sharing stories and, and the chat. Can't wait to read them tomorrow. They move by so quickly that it's hard. I know. And I've been trying to keep up on it. It's them. hard to do it. You guys are moving fast, but I'm glad you're communicating with each other. And uh, that is the spirit of radio, these conversations, making these friendships. And one day we'll be able to get back together face-to-face, -to -face, eyeball, QSO. Oh, yeah. Kind of waiting for the day when we got ham fest happening in the real. Uh, we've got an <sighs> antenna to give away just two more. Mm -hmm. Just two more. This is an off-center fed dipole. You have to have your call sign in the chat this week to win the last one. And we're going to give away one more next week. February, we'll start into something uh, brand new, I hope. If not, we'll pull off, I don't know, a monitor from Steve's desk back there. And we'll give that away. And everything will be great. We'll give something away. I've got a plan. Where did I've got it go? a plan. <laughs> See, he's ready to give something away. Look at that. Where did it go? So. 
well, an off-center fed the dipole. Got one right here. It. Yeah, you yep. can't give that one away. Oh, yes, that's good. Yeah, we didn't even talk about that. See, see, the things you get to talking about. But I'll Ooh, talk about the baby. Here's, that's here's coming, the that's coming to daddy right there. I, we didn't talk yeah. about it, but ah, we will. We'll talk about it. Okay, so we've been doing uh, 12 weeks of giveaways. Uh, LDG has sponsored this giveaway. We've had a variety of antennas from dipoles, off-center fed, 40-meter loop. We've had an end fed. We've had a, a flagpole, which is really interesting, and I'm kind of like, I'd like to try uh, that myself just to see how Rosa that, got that one, didn't didn't she? I think so. Now she has to find how to, how to get a flag. To get it up. <laughs> oh. But you know, <laughs> good lord, there goes the algorithm. Steve, oh, there again. we go. There we went. We just wow, went downhill. What happens is you give your call signs. They're collected in the morning and they're put into the big pot. My children will match a number to your call sign. Pull it out. Bada bing. It's a bada random. Boom. Bada boom. And this week's winner is Michael. KB2. Michael, nice. Oscar India Echo. He was in the chat last week and uh, he picks up the antenna this week. He's in New York. We looked him up. He's in New York. So congratulations, Michael. Thanks for joining us in the chat last week. Again, you have some time now. Put your name in there. And this is how we'll give things away um, as we go. You kind of have to be here. So I encourage you to subscribe to the channel. Click the bell after you do. That way you know when we go live, we do something new, may do a little streaming on the side. Who knows? Breaking news. The notification bell is your friend, and it really works well for me. So make sure your um, call sign's there. We'll pick the final winner uh, for next week. So that's exciting. We'll give away. Uh, what are we going to give away, Steve? The last what's, one of those ones I missed. one? I don't know. It can be anything. What do you want to do? Let's do what another flagpole. Okay, flagpole. Write this down. So next week, if you've got a flagpole and you're interested in trying it, clearly sounds like a vertical to me, maybe an inverted mm -hmm. L. I don't know. I don't know. I've never done it. We also have that 40-meter loop that we've given away. I don't know if I mentioned mm -hmm. that. But that's you need some space for that one, respectfully. But the flagpole's good. You got one of those uh, HOAs, the pain in the you know, what's. Mm -hmm. Maybe a flagpole will work for you. We'll take care of that. All right. This is the time of the show we've all waited for. It's a super fun for me. Let me pull up our, our question page here. This is what happens. You can submit your questions to us through Facebook. You can send them to us uh, through the form here in the chat. I look for questions all over the place. Well, it looks like that, Paul uh, Hopman wants us to do another show like this as far as, uh, you know, good stories and things like that. Well, so. it's funny that you mentioned that. It's funny. Mm -hmm. I might as well talk about it. We're going to run over a little bit today, but if you guys are patient, I'm okay with it too. Um, I'm going to expand 100 Watts in a Wire in the way that I'm going to do a second show. We're going to do this show on Saturday mornings. Uh, we'll continue on that plan. And then I want to do a second show on Sunday evenings, 8 o'clock Central Time. It's later. I want to be the next Bonanza, Steve. It'll nice. be a place where you come. You can be awesome. We'll have beer at that we'll one. beer or wine. I think a theme needs to be not just of that, and I'll pop that, <laughs> I'll pop that up. Sundays, 8 o'clock, we'll debut it. I don't know that we're ready to do this tomorrow night. The net starts at 7 o'clock. I'm thinking of going live at 8. We could do a little something that looks like the pre-show, how we do our pre-show, run a little bit of the net out, uh, see how that goes. I certainly want to dip in and out of the HF net. We can watch Steve work while we're doing mm -hmm. other things. Uh, but a second show is coming. Tomorrow maybe is too soon for me, but I'm I'm – that's what I want to do. We'll do a Saturday morning, Sunday evening show, which means I need some producer types uh, to come in, help make some. We want to set up some guests. We want to have people. I need people to talk to, but I'm not looking to talk to the same old people, you know, the same people that are that we see on a lot of the, uh, the channels. They're out there. Um, I want to talk to people like you who are checking this out who are out there working in radio that we may have not have made a contact before keep this theme of the spirit of radio. The, the yeah. reasons why we all come. We want to hear your stories. That's bring the what stories. we want to hear. Yes. So, you know, I, 
there are some YouTube people who are great, do great shows, and we'll have them on as as we go, as we need to. But the focus is bringing people in who are normal, just normal, regular people, you know. Um, and if you want to come and talk, we can do these sorts of things. So look forward to that. Um, I'm looking forward to it. I think it'll be cool to do a Sunday evening thing. I can dip in the HF net. We'll see Steve working. Maybe uh, Ian may be gone at that time. That's kind of the time he gets off. Mm-hmm. And I'll shape it. We'll put some different things together. So if you're interested in that, you can drop me a line. If you know cool people that are doing great things, interesting things in ham radio or radio in general, let's stay on the positive side. Give the people an opportunity. Other hams a chance to come tell their story. And uh, that's all I got to say about that. As far (laughs) as Gump would say. But, uh, yeah, this is the time where we do some questions. I'm excited about having questions. Everybody's got a question for me or for Steve. Lots of them to go through. And uh, I'm going to pull them up now. So are you ready, Steve? Let's let's go. Okie dokie. Our first question this week comes from Kenneth. Kenneth says, is there such a thing as a handheld 10 through 80 meter radio that also has a battery mount on the radio? Anything in history ever done anything like that i know there's man packs and there's man packs and those i don't know about 80 through 10 how big would the antenna whip need to be to get you on 80 meters in your hand holy cow kenneth yeah i mean how yeah well it all comes down to perspective you know if you got small hands it have to be a small radio if you got big meaty hands that you know if a sizable radio would still be small but uh that would be, yeah, that'd be it, an interesting one. I, there you know, the Zygu, that Zygu thing we played around mm-hmm. with earlier in the year around the fallout, that would do all the bands. Mm-hmm. Now, I don't know about the antenna of that thing, though. I mean, you, clearly you could connect an antenna to it. Handheld, I'm thinking that you you could do this in your hand, though. The Zygu is about the size of a brick, a very yeah. tiny. And, then, and what about the 705? The, the, the 705 you could carry. Yeah, and you could mount the antenna, but I don't know that you could do eighty meters. I think the eighty meters of this is kind of throwing me. Well, I've I've seen you know Dayton. You know, we got the guys wearing their man packs and stuff, and And they're uh, super cool. But you can have like a Zygu on it into a chest pack or something, and then just have a metal frame backpack to mount your (laughs) your ham stick or uh, whip or whatever. So yeah. that to me would be the closest on the handheld size. I mean, yeah. it, it wouldn't be, you know, not like an HT, like a dual yeah. band HT size. Uh, yeah, think be, of your rubber duck or your, you know, a different antenna that you mm-hmm. put on your HT, and think about what you'd have to do for eighty meters. I think the, <laughs> wow. I just, you know, you could have some, you could probably figure something out, but I mean, you would need a tuner for sure. I mean, imagine trying to tune up a whip on your back. As you're exactly. walking, mm-hmm. it's funny that you bring it up. I don't have the the exact answer for you, but it had me thinking. Was there? But it's a good question. That's awesome. That's a, that's out of the box thinking. Yeah. <laughs> I like it. Well, we appreciate that question, uh, and Thank I don't you. know if you find what you're looking for. I'd look at the Zygu sure. or the 705 and and mm-hmm. see what you come up with. The antenna of it is what um, is I don't know. All right, we've got a question from Edwin. What is your best winter field day, field day. item? Heater. <laughs> yeah, long johns, things that keep the stones and your rear end and your hands. Me, I don't know. The older I get, man, my hands are like, dude, I don't care if you put on mittens. <laughs> you put on whatever you're going to put on, but you need to put your hands in something. You start with your pockets. Um, yep. So, yeah, the heat probably is the first. But I I don't know that he's going in that direction. No. So let's we'll shift toward um, equipment. Now, I guess I'll go first. I think um, having a multi-band antenna might be good for Mm -hmm. me. I'm thinking of my setup, and I think I want to be on a 20 and a 40. And I don't want to have to bring them up and down in the cold. We don't know what we're expecting on this day. It could be a nice day, and you don't mind putting a mono band up there. But I usually tie in a scenario to my field day activities Mm -hmm. because I may not be with a club. So I may say, all right, this is the situation. You've got to have this and this, and what are we going to do in case of this? So I put a situation in my mind that may not be part of the actual, uh, the drill itself, if you will, 
but I would be carrying a monoband antenna probably for 20 and for 40, but to be practical in the cold and to save my hands, I'd go with an off-center fed that I knew would work at 25 feet. Mm -hmm. But that's just me. Steve, is there something in your... I I would go with that too, the off-center fed or a... A, a vertical with a uh, with your tuner, something to I, I'm kind of looking at something that you could set up pretty easily, quickly, and you can set it up with wearing gloves, mm-hmm. if uh, depending on where you're located at. Because if you're in you know Finland where it's damn cold uh, right. three months out of the year and cold nine months, mm-hmm. um, you're going to be wearing gloves, and uh, so something that's not going to require some fine motor skills and where you can, you know, quickly set up and uh, efficiently set up uh, is what I would look at uh, for winter field day. The equipment is pretty much all the same. It's uh, and then your where your shelter is going to be or how you're going to set up will dictate uh, with that. But uh, I'm thinking, you know, one antenna to cover as many bands as possible. And the the OCF is probably a good one or or a vertical that you can use with a tuner and go from there. And your gloves. Now, I mean, I mean, you may be thinking to yourself, and maybe you're a younger person. You're thinking, oh, I don't need that. But I can tell you, the older that you get, you ain't operating much radio if your hands are cold. And uh, other body parts become cold, feet and head and hands. You're cooked. So you have to change. You got to change your mindset to these little practical things sometimes. Mm -hmm. And you know what? You'll forget. You'll forget your gloves. And guess what? Who's going to have an early day? It's the one without the gloves, man. So yeah, I'm going to go with the multiband and some mitts, man. I got to keep these hands warm. The the arthritis wants to uh, shut me down if I don't. All right, Chris is here. This is a two-parter here. I'm going to read you through it. Getting into HF, I have the Zygu G90 and just got the PX, uh, PAX100. It's a 100-watt amp. Okay. I have a radio station tower about a mile down the road from me, AM, FM. FM. Uh, this tower overloads my HF rig here, making them unusable, unusable at times. What can I do to fix this for under several hundred bucks? Oh, that's just getting, we're getting front end overload. So that's, so let's tough. What do you you make this out to be? He's saying he's got a tower nearby and Mm -hmm. it is just smoking his signal out and he's having, he's getting crushed, pushed down or it's noise. uh, It's just front end. I'm thinking it's front end overload. I'm not, uh, it's, I think is the Zygu a a kind of an SDR receiver because SDR Uh, receivers, you can uh, update a, it. They can get overloaded because what it's doing, it's looking at the whole band and then you're just kind of taking a, a slice of it. So kind of need a bandpass filter there, but what would be kind of cheap to, to do that? We need uh, something to notch out uh, the broadcast. I know there's, I've seen people dealing with that where they have a, an AM station not too far from their place and it's just wreaking havoc. And overloading their front end, but an SDR receiver is really susceptible to that. And I think the Zygu is so have to find something that would be well, the thing is to notch the AM uh, uh, and filter that out. So I'd have to think about that one, but I'm thinking notch would be the cheapest. Uh, uh, they make bandpass filters that. Um, Contesters use it a lot, uh, so where they have multiple stations, and they okay, uh, this one's just only going to pass say fifteen meters. This one's going to pass twenty meters, and you got to switch them in. But they're they get pretty pricey, and uh, finding something a little more uh, uh, you know economical. And I'm thinking, well, let's try to eliminate the uh, the AM signal getting into the uh, into the radio, and maybe a uh, some kind of notch filter or uh, to filter out the uh, or notch out or basically it shorts out the uh, that particular AM signal FM I wouldn't worry about that that's not going to be the issue it's the AM I think is overloading your uh, your Zygu radio okay hope that helps you out there Chris thanks for the question we have another Chris now that uh, has a question what software does everyone use for logging I want something simple to start, but full featured for future. Got to say, early on, just up front, I had uh, 
I started like most hams do. A couple of the old schoolers taught me early on, and it was it was paper and pencil, paper and pencil. I still do very much, but I know he's looking for software. Looking and eventually, I did graduate to a, a digital, you know, software. I use a thing called MacLogger DX, and mm-hmm. it was on the recommendation of a very good friend of mine, another ham, uh, Kilo India Nine Whiskey. And he said, this is what I'm using because it's a Mac-based program. It's a little pricey, but it has some great features, and I bought it once. You know what I mean? It's not like you got to keep buying these things over and over, and it depends on what operating system. But that's what I use. It's called MacLogger DX, and for me, I like it. Now, Steve probably uses something a little bit different. What are you using, Steve? I'm using the N3FJP logging program. Uh and uh, one of the reasons I've used that is that, uh, and and you pay for it, it's that you're supporting another amateur that's you know providing us a, a product. It's a Windows-based uh, software, and uh, it also has uh, rig integration. And um, so there's a number of them out there. Uh, HRD is another one that you can do rig control that has uh, logging format on it, and uh, and I. Yeah, there are some free ones out there, but sometimes uh, you get into one uh, one program and then it uh, it doesn't get updated anymore, and then it just kind of goes by the wayside. Uh, I kind of went towards a a paid program, and it's he regularly updates it. Scotts, I think, is his name in three FJP, and he has a number of other programs. So you could buy the licensing for one, and I just bought the full suite because there's all the the different contesting uh, programs. I just download whatever one I need at the time. And uh, it integrates with the radio. And it's uh, so when logging, it's already puts in the frequency, the band, and uh, just takes care of that. Uh, So um, support, you know, guys that are out there, you know, you know, making software for us. And it's not that expensive. And uh, worth saving up for. And like mm-hmm. you said, you do help another ham. Exactly. You know, for me, I, I was a little leery. And I know hams out there, we are we have this thing of being cheap, you know, or frugal. You know, frugal is a nice, correct term, I think you'd say. And I get that. And there is some free stuff out there that works well for other people. I At the time where I went from paper to a software, I had about a thousand contacts. And that's not a lot, except I had to manually put every contact in mm-hmm. to the software. I didn't want to risk having a software that may or may not be around, like Steve's just mentioned. It may not upgrade. It may not have, you know, a life. I didn't want to have to do this again at 3,000 contacts because doing that by hand is like, oh, so anyway, um, that's why I went and I, you know, I, I paid a little bit more for it. You got to do what you need to do. But for me, saving up was was worth it. My comfortable operating system, which is I, I'm a Mac guy. I do work with PCs as well, but I'm a Mac guy at home here and, and mostly. So that's what I did. It was good. MacLogger DX, they're not a sponsor. They're not cheap, but they've served me the whole time I've had mm-hmm. it. And if I've got another, um, you know, upgrade, they let me know. Hey, new upgrade. Want to do it real quick? Just take a second. <laughs> yep, exactly. I just done. I just had a new upgrade on uh, on my logging program. So there's uh, the support's great. There's a lot of uh, you know Scott m- maintains the web page, and there's a lot of uh, how tos on how to set it up if you run into problems, and and that's what's nice about it. I mean, there's some of the free stuff is out there, and you can go from there. But uh, I I want to support our fellow hams that are you know given to the hobby. Yes, he's making a you know some money out of it, but you know, time is worth money and he's providing a product and, uh, it was recommended by others and, uh, they've been happy with it and I've been happy with it. So, uh, you know, go look at the, uh, N3 FJP suite of logging programs. There's others out there. Uh, uh, what Christian's using on the Mac is awesome. And there's a few others out there. So there's, uh, see what they're out there. See what works for you. All right. We've got, time to take one more okay our friend november nine pole is my polish brother up there near chicago i'm getting nasty rfi 
from my off-center fed, should I drop that and put up a fan dipole in its place? Uh, now, I got to get you. Go ahead and uh, dissect the RFI and what may be going on here, Steve. What are you thinking? Look at that face. I think you're still going to get it. Even if you put up a fan dipole, you're still going to get the RFI. There's, so there's something radiating out there causing uh, RFI issues. So uh, we just had in the chat room earlier today, Ricardo found his RFI issue, which was his cameras. It was the power supplies that were uh, uh, causing a spur. So I wouldn't discount. I wouldn't put the blame on the antenna. Any antenna, you're probably still going to have RFI. We just got to, you got to nip the, the RFI at the source and find out where it's at. But uh, I'm kind of curious why you think the, the off-center fed dipole is the source of the RFI. It's, um, it, it, we got a, you know, little few more questions to ask about the question. <laughs> but, yeah, you know, uh, I found some, so yeah, I, I'm with you, Steve. I tend to think it's not that. You know, one of the things that I think brings in RFI and it happened here, I live out in the country, so I don't have a lot of, you know, opportunity for that. And I'm under LED lights at the moment and I'm not hearing mm. stuff. Everything's, you know what gets me, man? You know what gets me more than anything? And he may be talking about something completely different. But you know those stupid wall warts that you can get for about $2 anywhere in the world to plug in whatever crap toys. you want to have? Man, I talked about it in the show at some point about tracking down and troubleshooting and narrowing it down and starting at the biggest thing, which could be your antenna, your coax, and work your way to the radio and down to the jumpers and some stupid loose thing. I've changed out all my connectors, all my jumpers, nothing. What is it? Stupid wall wart for me. Wall <laughs> warts have got me more times than not with RFI than I care to even think about and i guess they're not all made equally i don't know the no. makeup of these things they're basically the switching getting, supplies they're just like the stupid little thing they come in everything oh you got some lights like the mm -hmm. steve lights behind us and, and steve mm -hmm. they come with their own little power thing are they good or bad but uh so that may or may not be his issue but i've narrowed it down from my antennas all the way down to the shack down to the jumpers down to everything changed them all out only to find this stupid wall ward was giving me this noise and you know i took mm -hmm. it outside i shot it stepped on it buried it <laughs> ripped it cut it up all the way down like i don't i don't know if that's the kind of noise he's getting or if it's something else from a power line or or whatever but is there a is there an easy way or a first place to start steve looking into it we hear about taking or your transistor radio around and things like that. What do you suggest he do? Well, first, I, I think the easiest is to turn around and a get your radio. Uh, and we're going to make an assumption here that your radio is 12 volts. And so if you can get your radio or the receiver hooked up to the antenna on battery source. So, and then just kill the power to your house, just flip it at the main and shut everything down and see if the noise goes away. If the noise goes away, then okay, it's local. It's a, something that you have control over. Then you got to start going down. Okay, wh where is the noise coming from? Is it an appliance? Is it uh, like the washing machine, or or is it the HVAC system, the dishwasher? Is it what is generate? And then start narrowing it down. And you might have to you know, turn off individual circuit breakers and kind of figure out, okay, this is where it's coming from. That's if it's in your own house. If it's outside your house, that becomes trickier on how to try to track down the like uh, your neighbor's solar panels or you solar know. panels, lightning arresters that are on the power distribution system. And, uh, is another one, your neighbors, I've, my 80 meter problem, I think is my neighbor's shop. You know, he, he's into woodworking. I think his led lights in his shop are, are causing an issue with me. I have no control over that uh, other than, yeah, I suspect that's the problem. And if he has his shop lights on, then yeah, well, I got this noise issue. I got to, I got to work around on uh, 75 meters. Oh, well, but if, um, you know, in your case, Christian, it's, it's the wall wart. Uh, I had a situation with a battery tender charger, a cheap one from uh, from Harbor Freight. It was a $20 tender, and it 
tore up the whole HF band. I mean, it literally was just when that thing was plugged in and operating, it just wiped out the, the HF band. And uh, that was a noise generator. So there's there's a number of things. The only other thing, back to the antenna, there is a, uh, a you see it mostly with, um, with dipole antennas, is uh, it's kind of a, when, when there's rain or snow, it's a uh, precipitation or, you know, precip uh, static as the, the raindrops or the snowdrops hit the, uh, the antenna wire. It, uh, there's a difference in charge and that causes static. And there's, uh, there's way, you know, typically if you have a ballon and it has, or any DC continuity antenna, like a loop or something, that's usually a non-issue, but, uh, that's, um, typically dipoles, uh, suffer that, uh, if you don't have a ballon there. And, uh, so there's, uh, the precip static that, uh, is, a, a, you know, equated with the, uh, with the antenna, but most RFI issues is, uh, is, you know, we're generating it, uh, man-made basically. It's not naturally caused. All right. Uh, thank you all for those. And, and please use the form. I'll, I'll drop the link to the form again uh, on our, our social media, stuff like that. And uh, I'll pull them. If they were in the chat, we'll pull them in the morning as we pull the names. Uh, thanks for stopping by and give it. We went over time. We went over time today. But you know what? We were sharing the positivity of radio. We got a little bent earlier in the week, a little offended. <laughs> I think that's fair to say we were a little offended by that crap. Mm -hmm. And uh, that was uh, not warranted. Do your job. I'm not even going to start. Do your job. Track down what you need to track down. Track down the offenders. Don't throw us all in there and give us the shaky finger. We didn't need that. But we, we came out of this with something positive. And today we shared stories about, and I think we should do this every week. We should just pause, bring someone new in to tell us a story about how they fell in love with the radio and why it's important, why they care. And, and it continues to be in love with radio. It's yeah. you know not the not the first love, but the continuation. Yeah, this is a romantic. So this is this show of about romance, romance. of radio, <laughs> and like here goes a new algorithm: romance with radios. <laughs> and hey, Betty White. Betty White. You gotta get Betty White in there too. Oh God, yeah. Oh, we, we gotta work her. her. Oh, <laughs> Oh Lord, help us, Pastor Joe, and call our pastor, yeah, the in-house pastor, to keep us together. Yeah. <laughs> All right, friends, uh, thank you for putting your call sign. If you came in late, put your call sign in the chat before we sign off here. Comment on anything you've heard today. Uh, give us a thumbs up, subscribe, click the bell. Look for uh, a second edition, a Sunday evening edition of One Hundred Watts and a Wire. It's developing. Going to need some producer leg uh, work type folks to uh, come in and kind of help uh, balance out things and, and make some contacts and things like that. Um, so you. there'll be opportunities as we uh, grow if you want to kind of volunteer your effort and uh, join us here on the show. Steve, thank you so much for staying overtime. My oh, bladder, no problem. I think we've been talking so much. I have not been drinking enough. Usually by this time, I would have exploded. They'd have just be like, he left. Where did he go? <laughs> He'll be back. He'll be back. Appreciate you guys. Hold on. I want to. I want to wave here, Lola. Look at these little people. Look at these little people. Hello, hey. hey guys. These beautiful kids. Hey Jason. Hey Jason. Hello, how you doing, buddy? Mm. He's muted, but uh, see you know it's all it's all good. Just want to say hello awesome. to the kids. That's what it's all about. That's, That's what it's about. about. Thanks, Jason, for sharing. And uh, all your comments. We had so many comments coming in. We're, we're really oh figuring God. out the best way to, to tackle your comments. But uh, have your conversations with each other. That's important, too. Uh, you know, keep all that conversation going. Comment after the fact. And tomorrow night, it looks like we're going to be full strength with uh, net control operators. I think what I'm going to do, since we, we kick off at 7 o'clock Central Time for the net, maybe I'll carry... Part of that, when I get going with the Sunday evening edition of 100 Watts and Wire, I still want to carry over. And Steve works a little bit later. So he'd be on the air as we'd um, we'd be kicking off this, and he'd be there, and we could have him drop in and see him and all that sort of stuff. I'm getting it together in my mind. Maybe after another sandwich, I'll have <laughs> a little more details. But it's coming. Let me show you. I'm working on it. I'm working on our debut. Where is it? 
There it is. Our debut. It's going to be Sunday night, 7 o'clock Central. Mark it down. But moreover, after you subscribe to the channel, go ahead and hit the bell because that's going to let you know exactly when. And today I sent an urgent message to Steve. Like, I don't think I'm going to make it. I don't know what I've done here, but I really. Oh, it was a little panic this morning. So there was a panic and I finally got it one minute till I figured it out. And I was like, holy moly. You know where I figured it out? YouTube. I was searching YouTube and I'm getting messages, little panic messages. And you were trying to help me. I was like, ah, and I'm watching the lady on here. I'm like, <laughs> I'm looking at the lady. I'm looking at my camera. And I was like, oh, oh, that's how you do it. That's how you change it back. All right, guys, 73. I would look for you tomorrow. Look for the uh, notification for us to do our uh, net tomorrow night and uh, more information coming on the Sunday evening thing. Steve, appreciate you, man. Thanks for coming and getting Thank up you. early. Anytime. And we'll uh, do it again next, next week. week. 73 for we'll now, friends. See Get everyone up. on Sunday. Sunday. Be there. 7 o'clock Central Time on the air. On the air. Exactly. We use NetLogger. You can find out where we are on NetLogger. And we post to social media. 73. We'll see you guys there. 73, all. We'll see you tomorrow. To join the 100 Watts in a Wire community, visit 100wattsinawire.com.